Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This discussion is going to be Alma, chapter 16. So we've had um, Alma and Amulek that have gone to the, to the city of Sidon. They've got Zeezrom as a missionary with them. He's been converted. And now we're going to read a little bit more about Ammonihah, those wicked uh, Nehors that uh, tr destroyed all those people and persecuted Alma and Amulek. Verse 1, And it came to pass in the eleventh year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, on the fifth day of the second month, there having been much peace in the land of Zarahemla, there having been no wars nor contentions for a certain number of years, even until the fifth day of the second month in the eleventh year, there was a cry of war heard throughout the land. For behold, the armies of the Lamanites had come in upon the wilderness side into the borders of the land, even into the city of Ammonihah, and began to slay the people and destroy the city. And now it came to pass, before the Nephites could raise a sufficient army to drive them out of the land, they had destroyed the people who were in the city of Ammonihah, and also some around the borders of Noah, and taken others captive into the wilderness. The Lamanites don't stay and fight. This was a slave raid. So they just this is a hit-and-run type, type uh, attack. Verse 4, Now it came to pass that the Nephites were desirous to obtain those who had been carried away captive into the wilderness. Therefore he... He that had been appointed chief captain over the armies of the Nephites, and his name was Zoram, which means refreshing rain, and he had two sons, Lehi and Ahah. Ahah is a leader in war. Now Zoram and his two sons, knowing that Alma was high priest over the church, and having heard that he had the spirit of prophecy, therefore they went unto him and desired of him to know whether the Lord would, would that they should go into the wilderness in search of their brethren. This is to be a search and rescue mission, not a search and destroy mission who had been taken captive by the Lamanites. And it came to pass that Alma inquired of the Lord concerning the matter. And Alma returned and said unto them, Behold, the Lamanites will cross the river Sidon in the south wilderness, away up beyond the borders of the land of Manti. And behold, there shall ye meet them on the east of the river Sidon. And there the Lord will, will deliver unto thee thy brethren, who have been taken captive by the Lamanites. And it came to pass that Zoram and his sons crossed over the river Sidon with their armies, and marched away beyond the borders of Manti into the south wilderness, which was on the east side of the river Sidon. And they came upon the armies of the Lamanites, and the Lamanites were scattered and driven into the wilderness. And they took their brethren who had been taken captive by the Lamanites, and there was not one soul of them had been lost that were taken captive. And they were brought by their brethren to possess their own lands. And thus ended the eleventh year of the judges, the Lamanites having been driven out of the land. And the people of Ammoniah were destroyed, yea, every living soul of the Ammoniahites was destroyed, and also their great city, which they said God could not destroy because of its, of its greatness. But behold, in one day it was left desolate, and the carcasses were mangled by dogs and wild beasts of the wilderness. Nevertheless, after many days, their dead bodies were heaped up upon the face of the earth, and they were covered with a shallow covering. And now so great was the scent thereof that the people did not go in to possess the land of Ammoniah for many years. And it was called Desolation of Nehors, for they were of the profession of Nehor who were slain, and their lands remained desolate. The desolation of the city of Ammonihah is an important part of the message of the Book of Mormon. Ammonihah and Nehor are symbols, history as prophecy. 
Ammonihah and Nehor were to the nation of the Nephites what the Book of Mormon is to a war, a warning to us, a warning voice. They were types casting shadows upon the cities of Zarahemla, Moroni, Moronihah, Gilgal, Omnihah, and a bunch of other cities, all of which, like Nehor, had the blood of the prophets and the saints upon their hands, and all of which were destroyed before the coming of Christ to the Nephites in the Meridian Dispensation. How perfect the type Ammonihah, a city pretending religion, a religion perfectly tolerant of any action save it be the preaching of the gospel of repentance. To preach repentance, to testify of Christ, to speak of the necessity of good works, these were sins too grievous to be borne. Their effect was to unite in wrath and bitterness the diversified factions within the congregations of this ever-tolerant religion. These missionaries of righteousness must be mocked, ridiculed, beaten, and imprisoned. Their adherents must be stoned, driven from the community, or burned at the stake. Such were the seeds that they planted, and such was the harvest they reaped in the desolation of Nehors. We are left to wonder to what extent Ammonihah is a prophetic foreshadowing of that which the scriptures de denominate as the desolation of abomination, events that will precede and attend the coming of our Lord and Master that will bring again that peace once known to the faithful of the Nephite nation. That was by Millet McConkie. The desolation of abomination is prophesied to occur twice. The first occurrence took place when the Romans sieged Jerusalem in AD 70. The second desolation of abomination will occur prior to the second coming when Jerusalem is again taken siege by her enemies. The ensuing uh, battle will be so great that the dead will leave a great odor on the land, just as occurred with the desolation of Nehors. Ezekiel describes it as follows. I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea. And it shall stop the noses of the passengers, and there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, that they may cleanse the land. And that's, I think, uh, the conclusion of the Battle of Armageddon. Verse 12, And the Lamanites did not come again to war against the Nephites until the fourteenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus for three years did the people of Nephi have continual peace in all the land. And Alma and Amulek went forth preaching repentance to the people in their, in their temples and in their sanctuaries and also in their synagogues. The word synagogue is Greek for the place where you assemble, a church, which were built after the manner of the Jews. Formal worship among the Nephites become before the coming of Christ appears to have been carried out in instructional meetings in the synagogue under the direction of ordained teachers, ritual offerings at the, offer, at the altar of sacrifice, either at the temple or at sanctuaries under the direction of those holding the office of priest and the same essential system of temple worship known in the old world. When large congregations met together for instruction, it was at either the sanctuary or the temple. And that was by Millet McConkie. 14. And as many as would hear their words, unto them they did impart the word of God without any respect of persons continually. <clears throat> and thus did Alma and Amulek go forth, and also many more who had been chosen for the work, to preach the word throughout all the land. And the establishment of the church became general throughout the land in all the region round about among all the people of the Nephites. And there was no inequality among them. The Lord did pour out his spirit on all the face of the land to prepare the minds of the children of men or to prepare their hearts to receive the word which should be taught among them at the time of his coming. As there was a spirit that went forth to prepare the way before the appearance of Christ to the Nephites, so there is a spirit that must go forth to prepare the way before his final return. 
In Doctrine and Covenants, it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. I'm sorry, this is from Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And again, in the Doctrine and Covenants, Hearken and hear, O ye inhabitants of the earth, listen, ye elders of my church together, and hear the voice of the Lord, for he calleth upon all men, and he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. For behold, the Lord God hath sent forth the angel, crying through the midst of heaven, saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his paths straight, for the hour of his coming is nigh. Even before the first missionaries of this dispensation went forth, the Lord declared, The field is white, already to harvest, which we would interpret to mean that the hearts and minds of many have been prepared for this day and this hour. The seed of the gospel will take root <clears throat> and will grow into the mighty oak of the millennial day. That was by Millet McConkie. Verse 17, <clears throat> That they might not be hardened against the word, that they might not be unbelieving and go on to destruction, but that they might receive the word with joy. And as a branch be grafted into the true vine, that they might enter into the rest of the Lord their God. Now those priests who did go forth among the people did preach against all lyings and deceivings <clears throat> and envyings and strifes and malice and revilings and stealing, robbing, plundering, murdering, committing adultery and all manner of lasciviousness. All the vices of the flesh, all the seeds of carnality, all that is impure or unclean must be done away. For all such hinder the pure flow of intelligence from God to man. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world, we are then by temperance and to, and to temperance, patience, oh, I'm sorry, we are then by diligence to obtain faith and add to our faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, we are through Christ to replace the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. Continuing verse 18, crying that these things ought not so to be, holding forth things which must shortly come, yea, holding forth the coming of the Son of God, his sufferings and death, and also the resurrection of the dead. And many of the people did inquire concerning the place where the Son of God should come, and they were taught that he would appear unto them after his resurrection, and this the people did hear with great joy and gladness. And now, after the church had been established throughout all the land, having got the victory over the devil, and the word of God being preached in its purity in all the land, and the Lord pouring out his blessings upon the people, thus ended the fourteenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. Uh, I bear testimony that we are in the process right now of being prepared for the second coming, that there's a lot of work for us to do, and, and that we each have a role to play in, in getting things ready for the Savior's uh, second coming. I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you like these podcasts, you can share them and, and uh, like them and uh, do all those things uh, to help it grow. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.